You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 42. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today we're going to talk about reverse dieting. Now, if you have never heard the term reverse diet, or this is something brand new to you, I'm going to really encourage you to go back and listen to episode nine and also episode 10. So in episode nine, I kind of break down reverse dieting. I talk about why we do it and when is a good time to do it. And then in episode 10, I interview one of my clients who went through a reverse. And so you can kind of hear from a perspective of someone who's been through the process and some of the fears that she experienced and some of the wins that she had because she took the time to reverse diet. So you can go to biceptorbabies.com forward slash nine or forward slash 10 to listen to those episodes, or you can just find them wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. And by the way, have you subscribed yet? Have you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening? Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That will make sure that you get every week a new episode to listen to. I'm here downloading or uploading every week. Um, lots of good stuff. And I have lots of good stuff coming up and some really fun interviews and topics that I have coming up um, later this summer and into the fall. So you'll definitely want to hit that subscribe button. And if you're on iTunes, go ahead and leave me a review. That really helps me to be able to grow the podcast and to reach more people and to be able to share this message. So today we're going to talk about reverse dieting. And just to give you a a quick recap, a a reverse diet is taking advantage of metabolic adaptation. Metabolic adaptation isn't good or bad. It's just something that happens with our body. Our body adapts to our surroundings. And evolutionarily, evolutionarily, that's a very good thing. And when it comes to food, that means that if we consistently feed our body a certain amount of calories, let's say you consistently feed your body 1,400 calories, what your body is going to do is it's going to do everything that it can to only burn 1,400 calories because that's what you're feeding it. And so our metabolisms are adaptable, meaning our metabolism can be brought down and our metabolism can be brought up. And that adaptation, again, isn't good or bad. It just is. It's just something that we have to consider. And so what happens for a lot of people is they go into a diet or they go into a fat loss phase and they lose the weight and then they're like, yay, I made it. Hooray, we're done. I don't have to eat like this anymore, or I don't have to eat this few of calories and they'll go back to eating normal normally. And then they will rebound and they will regain the weight. And the reason is, is because over that period of dieting, over that period of fat loss, you have slowly lowered your metabolic rate. And now when you go back to eating normally, that's actually in excess 
of what you are burning each day. And so it's it's not for loss. Like this, this is not like the worst thing in the world. We just need to be aware of it and we need to work with our body. So after that fat loss phase, the next step has to be a reverse diet. It has to be slowly adding in those calories over time so that our body can slowly bring its metabolic rate back up and be able to maintain while you're eating more calories, which is what everybody wants, right? Like you want to have a banging body eating as many calories as possible. That's what I want. (laughs) Hopefully that's what you want as well. So a reverse diet is definitely the last step in this you know, fat loss process. And it's a step that a lot of people forget and a lot of people don't do. And a lot of people just don't even know about. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes that I see in reverse dieting. I think it's something that is misunderstood by a lot of people. I think it's something that can be very confusing to a lot of people. And especially for women, it can be very mentally challenging to change your focus. Because society tells us over and over and over again, it's always better to eat less. It's always better to be thinner. Like we, that always should be our goal to like lose weight, lose weight, be thinner, eat less. And when we change our goal to no, I don't want to eat less. I don't want to get skinnier. Like I want to increase my metabolic rate. I want to eat more. And I want to maintain what I've worked so hard for, but I want to eat more. That can be a challenging shift because we have this little whatever in the back of our brain going, oh my gosh, if you eat more, you're going to gain weight. Like you just went through all that hard work. And if you eat more, you're going to gain weight. And so that keeps a lot of women stuck in this perpetual cycle. And I want to help you to be able to break it because a reverse diet can be the best part of your journey. So today... I'm going to share four mistakes made commonly during a reverse diet. And I'm going to kind of walk you through those mistakes. So mistake number one is not doing it. And this is probably the mistake that I see the the most common is they just don't even do it. One, they don't know about it. Two, it's too scary. And so they don't, or three, they like get started and they don't know what to do. And so they just don't do it. And this is a problem because you will, either that means you have to continually eat the way that you have to eat in a deficit. So you're eating a lot less food. You're like being very careful and paying a lot of attention to like exactly how much you're getting. Either you have to do that for the rest of your life, which sounds miserable, or you end up regaining all the weight back because you're not taking the time to bring that metabolic rate back up. And so no matter how good you do or how successful you are in the in your weight loss journey, if you don't do that last step, if you don't finish it with a reverse diet, you are setting yourself up to, to fail in the long run. And I, I don't know about you, but I am all about long-term success. I'm all about sustainable habits and long-term success. And part of that is making sure that you finish off your process with a reverse diet. So the biggest mistake that I see is people just not doing it, whether it's because they don't know or because they're scared or because they don't can't figure out how to do it. That's one of the biggest mistakes. And you're listening to me now, so you're not going to make that mistake. You're going to finish with a reverse diet. And again, I talk a lot more about how to do that. And I even have a free download about how to go through a reverse diet. If you go to bicepterbabies.com forward slash nine 
or we'll also link it here in the show notes for this episode. So forward slash 42 for this episode. Um, I have a free download that will walk you through how to do a reverse diet. So that's step number, or that's mistake number one, rather. Mistake number two that I see a lot of women making is that they're only paying attention to the scale. Okay. And this, by the way, this same mistake is made often when people are cutting, when they're going through a fat loss phase and they step on a scale and they immediately make a determination of whether or not it's working, right? If I step on the scale and the number is lower, then it's working. And if I step on the scale and the number is higher, then it's not working. And I really want to reinforce into you that you cannot tell if something is working or not by stepping on a scale. What a scale does is tells you your weight. It is an accurate reflection of your weight. It is not an accurate reflection of the amount of fat that you have on your body. And we so often want to make this direct comparison to weight and fat, right? So if the weight's down, I've lost fat. If the weight's up, I've gained fat. And the truth of the matter is, is there's a whole lot of things in your body that weigh something that is not fat. And so, yeah, we have water fluctuations and we can gain muscle mass and we can lose bone tissue. Like there are so many things that can go up and down that have nothing to do with fat loss or fat gain. And so what I encourage clients to do is to use the scale as a single data point. I'm not someone who's going to tell you to toss the scale. Like that hashtag toss the scale, I don't agree with it. Um, I know that women have some emotional connections to the scale and it can be hard for some women to step on the scale and separate the emotion, but I'm more in favor of you working on your interpretation of the scale and your thoughts about the scale, which are actually what are causing that anxiety, not the actual scale. Like the scale isn't doing anything. The scale tells you your weight. You are placing meaning to that number you are placing an interpretation onto that number. And that's, that's you. That's something that you're doing. So I would rather you work on that. Let's fix that and dive into why you're making that interpretation and how you can start to change that interpretation rather than like just hashtag toss the scale. So but what I encourage clients to do is to use the scale as a single data point. It's one data point. It doesn't tell you the whole story. It tells you a part of the story. And we need to look at multiple data points in order to get a better picture of what's going on. So what that means is that we need to look at your measurements and we need to look at how your clothes are fitting. And we need to look at non-scale victories of the fact that you feel more in control and looking at you as a whole and as as a big picture rather than just isolating if the scale is going up or down, that's a win or a loss. One tip for this, as you're going through a reverse diet, we do watch your weight and we do look for those fluctuations. However, it's important to know that as you eat more carbs, your body is going to hold on to more water. Your muscles are going to fill with water and and glycogen, and that's all good things. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you've gained weight. So one thing I, I encourage my clients to look at specifically is your waist measurement. And this Tip also applies if you are going through like a bulk or a recomposition, paying attention to that waist measurement. If the scale is going up, but your waist measurement is staying the same, 
then we can very confidently believe that what is happening is you're either adding muscle or you're adding water and that that increase on the scale is not reflective of an increase in fat in your body. And so, and I'd say measuring that waist specifically because measuring your arms or measuring your legs or measuring your hips, you're working around muscle, which as you grow muscle, it's going to get bigger. So like your arms may get bigger if you're adding muscle and the scale's going up. Your legs may get bigger, your hips may get bigger. However, your waist measurement, there's just not a whole lot of muscle. And even if you like, you're just not gonna grow abs like... (laughs) very significantly. You're not going to add like tons of inches around your waist with abs. And so it can be a really good measurement for you to keep track of to help to reassure yourself. No, my waist is staying the same. Even if I'm seeing the scale go up, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm adding fat. My waist measurement is staying the same. Another thing that I want you to consider as you're going through your reverse and whether or not we're deeming this quote unquote successful, because there's more than one data point of like, it's successful if you maintain the weight. Another thing that you need to consider is that there's a lot of freedom that comes with reverse dieting and that some of your wins may be non-scale wins. It may be that you don't have to think about food as much. It may be that you're able to move away from tracking and that's a win. It may mean that you're able to go out with your friends a little bit more. There's a lot of benefits that come from eating at maintenance that is completely separate from the weight of your body. So that's mistake number two, is only paying attention to the scale. We need to look at the whole picture as we go through this process to let us know, is it working? Are we on the right path? Are we doing the right things? And it's not just about the scale. Make sure you take it as one data point, but that you're looking at other data points to be able to reassure you that you're on the right path and that things are going the way that they're supposed to go during reverse. Mistake number three that I see a lot is people not staying at maintenance for long enough. A lot of times we'll have clients that have gone through periods of fat loss previously or have been on different diets and maybe have yo-yoed a little bit and then they come and they find macros and they get really excited and they start tracking and they see some progress and they either hit a wall or hit a plateau or maybe they have just you know set a certain period of time for um, their cut and they reach that point and they know they need to do reverse. And so they reverse diet and then they're like chomping at the bit to like, okay, I've like done this reverse. I got to maintenance. Like when can I go back into a cut? That's like a question I get a lot. When can I go back and try to keep like losing more fat? Um, and they're just like super anxious to get back into that cutting phase because in their mind that's where success is, right? Like that's, that's the path. And right now I'm like taking a break from the path uh, and I want to get back on it. I want to get back on track and like continue towards my goal. And what I want you to consider, and I want you to kind of change your perception of this, the reverse diet and the staying at maintenance part is a part of the path. Like you are, you, this is you working towards that goal. It's not you taking a break from the path. No, 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 girl, you're still on the path. This is the path you need to go through to be able to have the results that you want in the long run and to have the results that stick. So if you're feeling anxious and you're like, I just want to get back to cutting because that's where like the real success is. I want you to try to like change that mindset, taking your time and making sure that your metabolism is healthy and that you're staying at maintenance is a really important part of the process. And honestly, not enough women eat at maintenance in their life. 
it's all, it tends to be like this all or nothing, right? They're either on a diet or they're way off a diet. And it's like, they cycle back through those two things. Either they're trying to lose weight or they just don't even care. You know, it's like one or the other and spending time just maintaining and just fueling your body. Most women don't spend enough time there. Most of your life should be spent at maintenance. And we can have periods of fat loss. We can have periods of like bulking and trying to add muscle, but most of your time should be at maintenance. So how long should you spend at maintenance? That's probably the question that you're wondering right now. And I like to say at least two to three months, at least two to three months. And a lot of times I will encourage people to spend as much time at maintenance as you spent in a deficit. As you spent cutting, spend that equal amount of time at maintenance. And that blows people's minds sometimes because they're so anxious to get to the finish line. And I'm telling you that this is you getting to the finish line. You can stay in a deficit and you can spin your wheels and you can just willpower harder and just try to push through it and end up just spinning your wheels and not getting anywhere. Or you can actually keep going on the path, take the time to reverse, take the time to work on your metabolism, take the time to actually eat at maintenance and fuel your body so that in the future, you're going to be in such a better metabolic place to be able to have the fat loss and the success you want the next time you go into a deficit. So after a cut, I suggest staying at least two to three months at maintenance or equivalent to the amount of time that you spent in a deficit before you then return to another cut. And that's going to help you to be successful in the long run, which is really your goal, right? Your goal is not just to like lose the weight. Your goal is to lose the weight and be done with it and not have to lose it again. And that's where taking your time and doing it the right way is going to help you to get to that result that you want. The fourth and final mistake that I see a lot of women making is not moving on to another goal. So many women get caught up in the like weight loss is the only fitness goal that they have ever had. Okay, think back in your life. Is weight loss the only fitness goal that you've ever had? Have you ever had any other goals? Think about it. Because there is so much in fitness and with your body that has nothing to do with you losing weight. And so I think I'm all for women having conscious fat loss and and focusing on that as a goal. But when that becomes your only goal, and it's always what you're focusing on when it comes to fitness, there's a whole world outside of that that I want to expose you to. And so one of the great things about a reverse is once you reverse and you're eating at maintenance, we can now focus on other things. Like there's other goals out there that you can set for yourself. Maybe now, because now you're fueling your body really, really well to be able to hit those goals. Maybe you want to get your first pull-up. Like when you're eating at maintenance, that's going to be easier than when you're eating in a deficit. Maybe you want to run a marathon. Same thing. When you're fueling your body, those those goals are going to be able to be achieved more easily. Maybe you want to add muscle or maybe you want to do a triathlon. Like there are so many goals out there that you can set that have nothing to do with you getting smaller. And so I really want to encourage you. And it's a mistake that I see a lot of people making is they spend this time in a reverse and they get to maintenance and they just feel like they're wasting time, right? Like I just want to get to my weight loss goals. I'm wasting time. I'm just waiting till I can cut again. How about we change that to what new goal could I focus on that has nothing to do with my weight, has nothing to do with that, you know, end 
fat loss goal that I have, I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm not saying that you have to like never focus on achieving that. But a mistake that I see is that that ends up being your only focus in fitness. And I want to challenge you that there is a whole world outside there that has nothing to do with the number on the scale that can be very, very empowering. And I think not enough women spend the time at maintenance focusing on other goals instead of just biding their time to hit their weight loss goals. I know personally for me, as I set performance goals and as I set um, goals for weights lifted in the gym rather than aesthetic goals, it is a, it's a different mindset and it brings in an appreciation for your body in a whole new way. And I think it's very, very valuable for women to be setting fitness goals that are outside of the way that their body looks. And spending time focusing on what your body can do and how it can perform and how it feels is a really awesome way to spend your time. And I wish that more women would do that. Taking that time to reverse, taking that time to be at maintenance, taking that time to focus on their what their body can do rather than just what it looks like is a really empowering place to be. So let's recap those four mistakes that I see a lot of women making when they are doing a reverse diet. Number one is that they don't do it. <laughs> is that they just skip it or they don't know about it. So don't make that mistake. Go listen to episode nine of Biceps After Babies Radio and I talk all about reverse dieting and how to do it and when you should do it and who should do it. Number two is only paying attention to the scale as you are increasing your calories. It is a single data point. We need to look at multiple data points to make sure that it's working, that we're in the on the right path and... I gave you the tip of measuring your waist and that will help because you will have weight fluctuations and you will maybe see the scale go up as you add more carbs and have more glycogen. Um, But if that waist measurement is staying the same, then you can very confidently say that increase on the scale isn't fat, which means this is working and we're going in the right direction. Mistake number three is not staying at maintenance for long enough. So I gave you the guide of staying at maintenance for at least two to three months if not the length of your cut. So if you're someone who has like been in a deficit your entire life, you're going to need to spend more time at maintenance before you go into a deficit than someone who did a 12-week cut. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. Spend some time at maintenance. It's a beautiful place to be. It's an amazing place to be, to be fueling your body, to be you know, not focused on eating less and being skinnier and and taking up less space in the world, but rather to focus on fueling your body appropriately, having the energy that you need to be able to do performance goals, and making sure that that metabolic rate is in a really good place the next time you want to go through a fat loss period. And then the last mistake that I see a lot of women making with reverse dieting is not moving on to or adding in other goals that have nothing to do with your body size. I think A reverse diet and maintenance is the perfect time to start to focus on what your body can do. And I wish that more women would take the chance to change some of those goals and not have their only fitness goal always just be about being smaller and skinnier and instead take that opportunity. You're fueling your body really well. You're eating more carbs than you were eating in a deficit. Like let's use those carbs now. Let's use those carbs to be able to grow muscle, to be able to perform well. And I think that that's a really awesome place to be in your fitness journey. 
So that wraps up this episode. I hope that you found this helpful. Reverse dieting is one of the most important parts of this process. And remember, your fat loss doesn't just finish when you hit your goal weight. You have to finish with a reverse diet. Get that those calories up, get your metabolism back up, set yourself up for long-term success. We're not all here just to, to hit our goal weight and then regain the weight. We want long-term success. And part of that process is a reverse diet. As we wrap up, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who has shared the podcast. I love it when you post on Instagram and Facebook and you tag me in your post. It's amazing to me to be able to hear your guys' thoughts and what you love and the fact that you are sharing this podcast with other people really does mean the world to me. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.